1: Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the post Minnesota Vikings and Philadelphia Eagles Sunday contest in which the Vikings win 38 to 20 and Judd Zolgad here, Matthew Collar, US Bank Stadium. I think that Judd, we have to start by talking about the quarterback and his last two games and really overall every game here at U.S. Bank Stadium and how well Kirk Cousins has performed. And we have to debate or at least talk about whether it was the Philadelphia Eagles defense or the Minnesota Vikings offense. So where would you like to begin with Kirk Cousins and this very important and strong victory over the Philadelphia Eagles? I think I'm going to surprise you by telling you that I would like to talk about how uh, well Cousins
0: played today. And coming off the Giants game, where I said flat out, I learned nothing. The Giants stink. They're bad at football. That's their profession, but they're bad. Philadelphia's past defense has certainly injuries and deficiencies. But I come in praise of play calling, and I come in praise of Cousins, because this is not a bad football team. It's got deficiencies, but the Giants just stunk. The Giants didn't care. Philadelphia cares. So this might shock everybody out there. But I'm going to tell you that my start to today's show is this: Kirk Cousins played great. Stefan Diggs caught three touchdowns. Cousins threw for four. The play calling was balanced. The play calling was fantastic. This was this was finally the game where I said, where I kept saying, "Okay, turns out the Falcons stink, right? Then the Raiders stink. Then I saw him beat the Giants. The Giants stink." This is a game that I, I think, Matthew, we can both sink our teeth into and say. Philadelphia is far from the perfect team and had a very questionable game plan itself, but yet this game didn't end with me saying I learned nothing. I feel like today we learned something about the Minnesota Vikings.
1: So if Kirk Cousins had just hit a couple of deep balls that landed in Stephon Diggs' hands and the Eagles' corners got burned, there was definitely one play where there was confusion and the cornerback, Douglas, who had about the worst game I can ever remember for a cornerback, if it was just based on that, then I would have said, well, you know what, all right, well, he made the deep bombs that he's supposed to make. We've talked about how he's always been good at that. And okay, they ran the ball with Delvin and didn't really prove anything. But this was different. This was a win in which the entire success of the offense down to the dagger at the end, which was a throw out of their own end zone to a wide open Irv Smith, it was all driven by passing. And that's really important because I don't think you can actually win anything when you're passing sometimes against bad teams getting ahead running the clock out like it was against the Raiders or like it was against the Falcons or even to some extent the Giants like yeah yeah congratulations okay you got ahead with a couple of passes but that was it but to finish the game. And to stay ahead and to withstand a threat from the other team of a comeback, Carson Wentz made some great plays to get them within seven points. And Cousins came right back and put up more points by throwing the ball. And there were just great throws today. I mean, there were A-plus type of throws on the move where he hits BC Johnson earlier in the game. There's a third and 13 where he drops back. He releases the ball before Adam Thielen is out of his break and he nails him right on the money for a big first down. I mean, if he comes up short on that on that third and long, which is an area that he often struggles, Mm -hmm. then you're talking about punting the ball and then Wentz has got it. And he's got an opportunity to get that offense going, which that offense is very much legit for the Philadelphia Eagles but he made those throws. And then a couple of daggers, including the toe tap touchdown to Stephon Diggs. Like those bombs are super fun to watch. And especially when you're in the stadium and it goes up and you could seize open, like, okay, this is gonna drop right in his hands. It's incredible to watch. I don't think that those are always the toughest throws for quarterbacks. I think there were many other ones today that Cousins made that were legitimately tough throws, regardless of whether it was the Philadelphia Eagles Or Bears or Packers or anybody, those were great plays. And those are the type that you pay for, that you pay extra for, to have this man as your quarterback. And it was kind of like a 2016 type of win when he was in Washington, where they hit on big plays. And they got a little bit of running, but it wasn't great. It was only like three and a half yards of carry, and a lot of it came at the end. But where the entire offense was driven by play actions, throws down the field, and great plays by the quarterback, this to me, I would say, Judd, is the best game Kirk Cousins has played in a Minnesota Vike. Yeah, I mean, I think if you go back
0: to wins, because Kirk has played well statistically in some defeats, especially early in 2018, but if you look at wins, what, week five last year? against this same team in uh, in the link. Uh, he beat, I think his last really good game before he played a pretty sound game against the Giants in Jersey was late last year against the Packers yep. here. So, yeah, and here's what impressed me too, and this impressed me, uh, Cousins, this impressed me, the offense, the entire thing. The Vikings go up on the back-to-back uh, bombs to digs, 62 and 51 yards, which came at 931 of the second quarter, 24 to 3. So at that point, you're thinking, oh, boy, this is going to be a long day for Philadelphia. They're going to get blown out here. And then you get sort of the, I don't know, perhaps the Saints type of comeback, right? Because Carson Wentz is a hell of a QB. Carson Wentz was fun to watch. And now it's 24-10. Okay, that's fine. Now it's the third quarter. It's 24-17. And now... The Eagles make a field goal in the third quarter, and it's 24-20. And here come the Eagles, and you're thinking to yourself as a whole, this building's going to get really quiet, and this could be very tough. And guess what? The Vikings come right back and bang, hit them. And that's, that's something that Zimmer teams have not always done. And they've won games like this to their credit. But there have been times where you say, boy, this game feels like it's getting out of hand. And the next thing you know, an opponent with a good quarterback, and Carson Wentz is a very good one, comes back, and they come back and bang, 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 they get you. The Vikings didn't allow that today. And how much different does this now feel from two weeks back in Chicago when it really felt like the season was in the balance, the team is 2-2, two and two. Stephon Diggs doesn't show up for work for two days? right? And you come back against the Giants. And I said this, the Giants win didn't impress me, but as far as confidence went for Cousins and this entire team, I thought it was necessary because they needed something to say, okay, we're stabilized. We're okay. But today against a pretty good team. Now you you come back, you take a big lead. You sort of start to blow that, that lead and you, and clearly you got some help from them as well. And we can certainly talk about that, but nonetheless, Instead of saying, oh boy, here we go, Carson Wentz is really good, Kirk Cousins is going to screw up, that doesn't occur, and it impressed me that this team basically did the one thing in football that you like to see, right, which is they put their foot solidly on Philadelphia's throat and said, you're done now, and that was it. That was ballgame. Uh,
1: and you know what? I thought this was the type of offensive performance and the type of win that we foresaw when watching training camp with Stefanski and Kubiak and what their offense was supposed to be that throughout training camp the feeling was they've got it right with Kirk Cousins they have a lot of things right with him he can throw on the run he's not a good athlete necessarily and I really mean not a good athlete when he goes to run with the football right. no one is mistaking him for like Carson Wentz or uh, Lamar Jackson Although he did break a tackle from Nigel Bradham when he bounced off of him, but (laughs) but I would not suggest that. (laughs) Um, But on the run, on the move, in the bootlegs and things like this, he had a really good training camp because they got a lot of the things right that he had done before in Washington when he put up all those great numbers. And he was, yes, a 500 quarterback. Uh, and he had a lot of the issues that he's had this year where it was big games and on the road. And when they needed him the most, he wouldn't show, but he was better in 2016 than he was from what we saw last year. And I thought that if they could get these deep shots to Thielens and digs off of the play action and use the zone schemes, which has worked for a very, very long time for Gary Kubiak and execute that properly That they could have games like this against teams that don't have great defenses and they can play a game where they have to outscore someone and actually do it. It wasn't whatever Cousins threw out there in week one, 52 to 51 or something, but this felt like especially as we got into the third quarter, it was going to be a shootout and they came out of the shootout ahead with a little help from their friends on defense. But to win a game where you drive the success with passing, with play actions, with downfield, and then you sprinkle in some nice running That is a 2019-style win that everyone was wondering, can this team really have? It felt balanced. Yeah, absolutely. This was, I think, what Mike Zimmer was talking about or envisioning, because Zimmer has come out a number of times, and no one seems to really care uh, when he says this, but it has been the truth that he wants to have... Delvin Cook pound away at the other team, break some big runs, and then hit explosive throws down the field. That was exactly his vision for the offense, and that's exactly what was executed here today. And I also thought in terms of game planning, and this goes for individual performance as well, but when you can mitigate a defensive line that had 10 sacks last week against the Jets and is powerful explosive a lot of the same guys that have been here for a couple years some of the same guys that disrupted this very team on that field in CenturyLink uh, Stadium in 2017 where the defensive line basically um, shut down the Vikings offense in the NFC championship game when you can mitigate their impact Mm -hmm. on your quarterback through a lot of scheming with two backup offensive linemen on the field I think you've done a very, very good job. And you know what, Judd? I have felt this way the entire season that Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak have drawn up tons of open wide receivers and tons of great plays. It was really, he didn't hit him in week two and he didn't hit him in week four, but they were there. When you looked at it on tape, they were there. So I don't think it's ever really been the play calling or play design. It was just the execution and the execution today was absolutely fantastic.
0: And part of this, too, I think goes back to uh, a subject that we've broached before on this podcast on our shows about cousins, which is I think to get if you are going to sit down and say, all right, Kirk, we need you to play. I think the preparation that you as a coach or a fan have to be set for is the full Kirk Cousins experience. Right. So that doesn't mean that you could be like toe in the water, toe in the water. Kirk, don't do this. Don't do that. Now do this. He can't do it. But if you say, you know what, Kirk, we're going to let you throw the football, and I'm not trying to say 50 times, okay? I'm not saying, but if you could say, we're going to go for balance, but we are going to ask you to make throws, but, you know, let's say we're going to ask you to make six deep throws. If you can hit three of them or two of them, fantastic, but... It felt like in week two against Green Bay, that type of game was, okay, we're going to let you do this. Now we're not going to let you do that. Now we're going to let you do this. And it got sort of, and but, and that was a pass defense that was superior to what we saw today. So I do think that the last two games, and this is a key, the past two games, Giants and, and Eagles today, we are seeing Kirk playing with a confidence that felt like through Chicago, it was not there. And when it's not there, guess what? He's going to overshoot receivers. But he took a deep shot early today, and guess and he didn't complete it. He didn't complete it. And they came right back and said, we don't care. And that's the most important thing. Again, the full Cousins experience means not saying, oh, you missed that shot. Should we do it again? Unfortunately, it means saying, you missed that shot, and we're going to try that again. And by the way, we're going to try it as soon as possible too because if we can get you to hit that and get your confidence restored and back, that's that gives us the best chance to at least have a passing game that I don't know if it scares opponents, but it makes them think. Yeah. How's that?
1: Two things on that. First of all, I thought it was humongous for him to have a great first drive again, and I'm going to have to look at this to confirm what I think. It seems to me when they score on the first drive in any way, even get a field goal and he completes a couple passes, he's going to be pretty good that day. There aren't too many times that I can remember Cousins starting off well, making a couple really good throws and then just falling apart after that. Usually you could tell early on, is he going to get flustered? And that was actually part of what Zach Brown said was he gets frustrated. And he definitely does. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm sorry, Matthew. What? I know. I never heard of him. Who's Zach Brown? I've never heard of him in my life. The guy with the band? Uh, Yeah, I know. I get tired of that. I don't hear anything uh, from Kirk, yeah, Kirk Cousins. But, Kirk either, way, hear it. but either way, um, when he gets frustrated, then he does struggle. Then he does pull the trigger too fast. Then he does sit in the pocket and wait too long, which he did not do at all today. He got rid of the football on time on almost every single throw. And I thought it was just huge for him to start out with that good drive right off the bat, drop one in the bucket to Thielen on an incredible throw. That's perfect accuracy right there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised when the PFF grades come out if this is one of the best games of his career because of the consistent accuracy all the way through that he had and a lot of that too was finding ways to create clean pockets for him. And any quarterback is going to be better when clean than when under pressure. But Cousins is kind of all over the place when under pressure. It's sometimes he is pretty good, like he was last year in Philly. Other times it looks like he has forgotten entirely how to play football yep. like it did in Chicago. But <laughs> I am exactly with you, Judd, In and then maybe we'll, we'll start pushing this as sort of a mantra. Lean into the Kirk. Lean yep. into the Kirk. Don't lean away because if you lean away and say, Oh, we want Delvin, we want Delvin to run the team. We want Delvin to run the team. A that won't work. I mean, it is 2019 and you have passing offenses that are run by Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and, you know way too many good teams way too many good defenses that when it gets down to it the end of the year when you got to play Chicago again and Green Bay and Detroit at the end of the season and those teams and stuff that you are going to struggle probably against good defenses if you cannot effectively pass the ball so instead you know that there are going to be days where Cousins makes crazy throws and does bad things but you just have to deal with that get the good out of Kirk as opposed to just the bad and trying to limit the bad, even though you are not really capable of that. I feel like there is no way to make him a game manager. He kind of just has to be a gunslinger or that's it. Like his best throws, his best talent is gunning it down the field. That's what he does best. So let him do it.
0: But if he doubts himself, he's bad. Yeah. So like, like five didn't care, right? So, like, Favre would be like, oh, I don't care. I'll throw this pass. Five picks, I don't care. I'll throw a six. I'll throw a seven. But Kirk, it's as if the Kirk Cousins experience has to be predicated on Kirk Cousins feeling like he can throw that pass. It's weird, too, because it's like going to a store, and and there's different categories, okay? There's the bad team, which Kirk can just beat up on. Kirk's good enough, he can beat the, you know, a bad team is, is ordinarily not going to beat Kirk. I mean, Buffalo was a, a weird game, but in retrospect, that was a good defense. Um, then there's the next team, which is like Philadelphia, which has past defense deficiencies, but is not a bad team. And that relies upon you to, to, as you just said, lean into the Kirk completely there. And that works. The only question I still have is that really good stout Bears defense that's the one where it becomes more of a tightrope here, but I think you're probably right, Matthew. I think you probably have to say, "Okay, we don't <laughs> we're a little bit scared here, but if we tell you, oh Kirk, I'm sorry, you can't do, do this." Kirk goes, "Oh my god, you're right, I can't." And you're completely screwed. So it's almost like you've got to convince yourself and him, "All right, we're not going to set you up to fail here because he he talked about a post-game again today and this I Among the things that I believe Kirk says are true, I think this is true, that man takes the game plan and tries to execute it to his damnedest because I think in his mind, that's all he he can do. I think he reads that script and he's like, I am a, in fact, fact, post game today, you would have loved it. He said at one point towards the end of his post game press conference, he talked about the fact that somebody at Michigan State once basically said, you are like a CEO in a suit and you are executing the offense like a CEO would and essentially said what, what I've just hypothesized, which is I am a corporate quarterback. I am a corporate. I am the chief of this corporation. And the, so he's trying to do everything, though, down to the nth degree of what he's told. So the whole we'll just go improvise. He can't do that incapable so the only thing my only question left is all right when you get to the bears of the world again or teams that are really good defensively what can you milk from kirk then and that i don't i can't tell you i don't know
1: i don't know the answer to that other than hoping that that game is uh going to go differently because it's at home and i think that's another thing that we need to talk about here Jed. is i mean there's a decent possibility that they could just run the table at us bank stadium i mean You look at the way that they have played so far, and this was a good team, and they allowed 20 points, and there were some people who were just apoplectic that they had allowed 20 points to a really, really damn good quarterback. Carson Wentz did a lot of great stuff today. I thought that his coach handcuffed him that a couple of times the referees on some pass interferences specifically one on a third down handcuffed the number of points that the Eagles scored but that man is good at football he made plays that were special he extended plays he made great throws they had a great offensive design and to hold them to 20 points I thought was a a really big win for the Vikings but just circling back to what you said yeah that's that's the thing with the lean into the Kirk is that there are some quarterbacks who would say, oh, you guys, you want to kind of limit what I'm going to do. Nope, I'm going to be me. And that can be good or bad. And then there are other quarterbacks who are going to just take whatever you put in front of them, and they're going to try to do exactly that down to the letter. So if down to the letter you tell Kirk, you got to take these shots. You have to throw the ball down the field. We're going to run these play actions and give you these opportunities, and that's a great thing about their play design so far this year is a lot of times it's helped him roll away from pressure, roll away from really good defensive lines. I am shocked that more teams have not – done what the Green Bay Packers did. and Sometimes I think teams just go out and play their defense and don't look at what other teams did to stop them because the Packers really solved those play actions and bootlegs, and yet there, there's so much terror over Delvin Cook, which... You know, uh, he can rip you apart, that's for sure, but there's so much fear of Delvin Cook that you can see opposing teams just following him wherever he goes. You can watch as the linebackers are drawn to him like moths to flame, and Cousins just continues to roll out with lots of room over these last couple of weeks. And and so if you're telling him, dude, you have to take these shots down the field, you have to have these bootlegs and, and go down the field and not check down to your fullback and everything else, I mean I, I think that's the best way to handle it and if the Bears beat you again and the Packers beat you again because they have good defenses then oh well but at least you're going to beat these other teams but but answer my question about US Bank Stadium. Yes. Can they win every game here this year because I don't think it's crazy. Well, absolutely, yes. This place is
0: This place is so weird because it's loud and and going into today's game, we have certainly talked about the fact that quarterbacks who are really pretty good do really dumb things here. Carson Wentz had a great game today. I loved watching that guy play football. It was outstanding. But as Carson Wentz is playing, playing this really solid game, I thought Doug Peterson is one of the worst games I've ever seen. Doug Peterson has a fake field goal. You're about to cut the deficit to what, 24-13, what, is that correct? If they just kick a field goal if they at the kick end of the a half. Field goal, If they kick a field goal, okay, that's fine. And then you don't run an ordinary fake, though. You snap it directly to the kicker who stands there and looks like Gary Oupremian back in the Super Bowl in like, what, 1972 or something, 73, has no clue what to do and throws an ill advised, terrible pass that's picked off. Doug Peterson, what are you thinking? And if I'm Carson Wentz, I go up to my coach. I'm like, what the bleep did you do that? You should have gone for it. At least I'm a quarterback and I can do this. But, um, yes, to answer your question, am am I going to be surprised if they lose a game here? I'm not one bit. But would I sit here and say, you are crazy? There is no way that this team is going to uh, be undefeated at home? No, because this place causes havoc. It gets loud. And and if teams don't capitalize, and the Eagles today had that chance. If teams don't capitalize, and, and as they're starting to inch
1: back, inch back enough
0: where the crowd goes, oh, no, and everybody sort of goes, oh, no, then guess what? The Vikings are in tremendous shape. The tremendous. rest of the
1: way, they play the D.C. franchise, the 24th here Thursday night football.
0: Yeah, and the only problem there is the primetime Kirk aspect. Sure. But, de- but it's Washington's Washington. so bad, Matthew. I, I'll be shocked if Vikings lose that they
1: game. They beat Miami by one point today. They're awful. They're awful.
0: They should be sold, too.
1: Denver is bad. They're going to play them November 17th. And then it's the three NFC North opponents, the final three games, which Detroit, Green Bay, Chicago, you can beat all of them. Not all of those games will be easy. I think they'll all be tough. But would it be surprising if they What's win? The toughest one? Eight 0 or seven and one? um you think? You know, weirdly, I think Detroit. And, and I, we're going to have to see because we're going to have to see how they do going to Detroit. But Matthew Stafford, last year's game, really bad here. But... I feel like Matthew Stafford is one guy who doesn't get super impacted by this place. I didn't think that Carson Wentz was, and I don't think Stafford has been in the past. And part of that might be that they have something in common, is that they both can usually use their legs a little bit to extend plays when they need to, Mm -hmm. and then they both have big, excellent arms. And that's a little bit of a part of it. So if their initial read isn't there, which there were plenty of times where Wentz had Harrison Smith mind bleep him today, and it was like, oh, that read isn't there. I thought it was going to be, oh, I'll just roll out. He broke a tackle from Everson Griffin on a sack, how which I don't he, think I've ever
0: seen anyone do. How, how is Carson Wentz that
1: evasive at that size? He's, I think he's just a great athlete. I mean, it looks like he's five foot eight. Yeah, the way he's moving around, and he's a huge and, man, and taking off. And they had him run once, and he got like fifteen yards. He was really, really impressive today. But stupid overall. game plan, Philadelphia. That was. As a football fan. They ran a lot to start the game I was offended. I did not understand that either, where they were just trying to pound the run. They were down 24-3 to and ran on second down. It was like, what in the world is Doug Peterson doing? Normally, he is the gold standard for coaching decisions. And if you're going to go for it down two scores at the end of the half, I would have been for it because you're sort of playing with house money a little bit. In Madden, you love this when you could score at the end of the half then get the ball back, score again. It's like, boom, boom. And so if you know, okay, we're getting the ball back, so why don't we just go for it here? Fourth and four, Wentz is playing great, playmakers are making plays, and your choice is to have the stupid kicker try to throw the football? Are you serious? On
0: a direct snap, too. So there was no, like, what were they? Was that a screw-up? That was an incredibly stupid call. Yeah, I was really surprised. And and if I'm Wentz, I am PO'd, because if I'm him, I'm saying, I could have won there. Like, it wouldn't have been pretty, but who gives a bleep? I could have won there, and that's what you did to us? Doug, nice work.
1: Yeah, that was was really stunningly bad. To
0: be clear, this win told me something about the Vikings and of their four wins. I think this is the first one where where I take away things and say, "Those those are tangible, as opposed to, ooh, that team just sucked.
1: Yeah, what we're getting here is sort of uh, the edges of what this team can be how bad and how good and how good is beating a potential Super Bowl contender that eh, may be looking a little bit less like it with this defense for the Eagles but a really really good Eagles team overall very talented beating them in a shootout is kind of the best that you can be right now now is that going to beat Chicago at the end of the year is it going to be Green Bay I don't know right is That's, it going to be I agree with you on that. is it going to be KC probably not but does you it know, beat Dallas? Can you beat Dallas? Yes. Does it yes. beat Seattle in Seattle? You probably can, but I mean some of it is the primetime games are coming up and they're going to be truly tested time and time again. So does it tell us a little? Yes, does it tell us everything? No. But is it where you want to be at this point in the season to be 4 and 2 overall? Of course the NFC North losses you wouldn't want to take those, but 4 and 2 overall with your quarterback has a rating somewhere near 109 at this moment and is coming off two 300-yard games to go to Detroit and play a good defense and a pretty darn good team, I think is a spot that you would have taken. Maybe not exactly ideal, knowing that you have a lot of um, you know matchups still to go and the NFC North being the losses. Mm-hmm. But when you look at it now, it's you lost the two NFC North games and you could have won both of them pretty easily I think could have scored Green, 17 points Green Bay you
0: flat out should have won
1: absolutely you threw that one away you could have definitely scored 17 points at Chicago yep. and beat Chase Daniels yep so I mean you look at it and you're not that far away from being an undefeated team right now you have to feel pretty good going into this really good stretch but I, I think what we don't know yet is can you actually beat a good defense because this right. is not anywhere close to a good defense so learned a little yes. Cousins did not choke here, and I think, I just think inside this building, this team is almost unbeatable. And then whether he can beat a good defense, we're going to find out over the next few weeks. I think.
0: I, I just think these last two weeks have given Cousins and and Vikings fans and the team by extension confidence that was that they had to, to have because two weeks ago, coming out of Chicago, you said to yourself, "This could be big trouble. This could be a lot of, of trouble." And now after two games back-to-back where Kirk has has gained confidence and played pretty doggone well. It doesn't answer every question, but it does say, okay, at least it feels like going into the game next Sunday at uh, Ford Field that things are back on track. I got a question for you. Um, two-parter. One is b- because they've been certainly maligned throughout the course of the season. How well do you think the offensive line played today, and does this team potentially have to think about that they might have a new left tackle?
1: Um, shockingly well, I would say. Not perfect, of course. Cousins got sacked on one player where it looked like Pat Elfline thought he had help, but obviously did not. And uh, but that might be a mental mistake, yeah, right? As I opposed so. to being tossed aside like yeah, a rag doll. Yeah, I think so. They played really, really well. And the fact that Riley Reef told Rashad Hill this is coming from Rashad Hill to me. Um, Riley Reef said, Hey, be ready this week because I'm not in great shape going into this game tells us a lot about where Riley Reef is in his career, which is close to shot, I think, with his body. It's kind of like the offense's Xavier Rhodes, where the guy's trying to grind it out and has enough talent to still be like okay at his position. But if he's battling ankle injuries all year long, we saw him when he went up against good edge rushers when he was having ankle troubles last year and foot troubles last year. It was not a pretty sight. And Rashad Hill is not a very good run blocker, but that doesn't so much as matter to me because you have such great running backs and apparently a great running scheme where even Alexander Madison can average five yards a carry, and I'm I'm not I'm not going to go there with paying running backs. But Funny I'm just that works. I'm just saying that Alexander Madison hey, and that is mean really Della good Cook's too.
0: that's not a very good player. Yep, well, but we, we don't it's have an interesting thing. We don't, yes. have just, we, don't have to, we don't have to we don't discuss to the that. We don't the line because. But, Rashad Hill,
1: at this point, Uh Rashad Hill might be a better pass blocker than Riley Reef. And I would prefer that at left tackle over someone who can run block but can't set, like pass set anymore. Alex Boone explained on the show the other day about how Reef is basically just turning and not having his like jump sets anymore because he can't. Like he he just, it looks like. He can't pivot or what? It looks like physically he just can't kick. Like can't kick back and drive with the okay, one foot. Okay, I get it. Okay. Uh, You see left tackles, like the really athletic ones, have these big kicks back so they can get the angle. He can't really do that. So if anyone is really fast around the edge, he's going to struggle. And I thought having Rashad Hill, who has insanely long arms and there's this massive body, he's very hard to get around. I think that that actually helped today. And Dakota Dozier, as far as I could tell, it's hard to evaluate an offensive lineman just watching the game through once without looking at the tape. But I I thought he did fine filling in for Josh Klein. They didn't get embarrassed. No, they absolutely did not. I thought the interior might be or even really impacted. I mean, that was what was impressive is that the passing game was not impacted by the Eagles pass rush at all. And I thought early on it was important for the Vikings to hit a couple of quick throws. So the Eagles would sort of start to think, okay, they're going to do what they did to us last year with these quick throws and then all of a sudden came the bombs and hit on them and then you know it came down to also cousins just having to make some good plays he did escape the rush on the move a couple times made a great throw to bc johnson but overall I mean you should be thrilled with how this vikings offensive line performed against the eagles defensive line which is very talented i don't know if that gives you a ton of confidence for next week where it's another good defensive line but maybe a little but cousins working quick to me, it is an absolute must, right? Yeah. Because yeah.
0: Cousins working, there is no upside to Cousins not working quick. It tempts fate with a line, which is not a good idea. But beyond that, too, if Cousins has time to think and process, he becomes worse. So the more that I can get him on the move, or, or better yet, just the ball out, bang, 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 and then a deep pass, the better. I think that everything... This offense revolves around in the passing game needs to start off with the quarterback working as quick, not dumb, but quick as possible, because any time that he has more time to process, I think it becomes a problem. Now, that doesn't mean that he can't process every once in a while um, to the benefit of the offense, but I liked how they came out. They basically came out in a passing game that we talked about last week, which is they're not going to take a ton of time. They're going to get the ball out they might not gain a ton of yards initially but they'll get first downs i thought this game plan today w- was about as sound as we've seen because it certainly incorporated the run the run was still important but it was much more diversified
1: yep i would do that every single week short quick passes yes. to get Cousins no downside some confidence to yeah no downside because especially if he gets hit early that might be shake the confidence a little especially in his the cousins office experience line. once again that's right if lean, you're gonna lean into lean the lean into it
0: you've got to know what the kirk is gonna give you
1: yeah i feel like rami maklov needs to give us some sort of uh tagline about cousins you know how he was like with the twins cut the brakes and all yep. that stuff we need to like hashtag ride the lean kirk, into the kirk the kirk coaster maybe i think is what some people call it and it, it really is i like lean into the kirk lean into the it's kirk it's like a t-shirt all right uh that is it for us we will be back Two to four every single day, or at least me, sometimes Judd, on Ventline. AM 1500. Judd is on Ventline two hours on Monday, so make sure you look for that. And Judd, the Vikings made all their field goals. Uh, Dan all, Bailey, man. God bless sudden. Dan Bailey. And Britton Colquitt.
0: Yep. They have been uh,
1: funny, huh?
0: Big training camp storyline. Do you see what happens when you leave the kicker and holder alone? I know. And you don't gripe about them, and you don't fret. You just let them do their thing. And you know what?
1: They're going to miss every once in a while. It's going to miss. Guess what? Move on. And apparently if you get a guy who can hold it really well, that makes a big difference. Yeah, I guess. Exactly right. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This has been the Purple Daily podcast version after a big Vikings win. So we will catch you all this week, two to four on Purple Daily.